Welcome to a highlight episode of the Free Chapel Podcast, where we feature some of our favorite message moments. Well, if you have your Bible, I want to go in the Scripture to 1 Samuel chapter 20 and verse 35. And I'm going to just preach, teach, whatever you want to call it. Um, And I'm going to talk a little from my heart today because it's something, it's a principle that I want to teach that I pray it gets a hold of you as it did me some time ago. In 1 Samuel chapter 20, is where I want to go. 1 Samuel chapter 20, and I'll begin reading with verse 35. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verse 35. Are you all excited today? Are you happy today? Are you, are you enjoying, the, enjoying what God's doing in your life? How many of you have made up your mind that you're going to finish strong on this little fast? How many of you, this is your first fast? Let me see your hand. Yeah, and you're like, what is going on? This is, this is torture. This is not spiritual. This is torture. But, but you're almost at the end, and hey, if you haven't been and you fell off the wagon, jump in and finish these last few days of this fast with us and watch how God will begin a new thing in you. And I want to encourage you in that. I'm reading today from 1 Samuel chapter 22, and, or chapter 20 and verse 35. And so it was in the morning when Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David, a little lad was with him. And he said to this lad, this kid, now run and find the arrows which I shoot. And as the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the lad had come to the place where the arrow was which Jonathan had shot, Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, listen to these words, Is not the arrow beyond you? And Jonathan cried out after the lad, Make haste, hurry, do not delay. So Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows, came back to his master. And I'll stop there. You may wonder, what in the world is that talking about? I I, I didn't have time to read the whole story. I'll sum it up. Something was taking place in this story that is significant. King Saul became insanely jealous against David and wanted to kill him. And so David had to run and hide. And now Jonathan, his ally, his friend, the king's son, was going to send him, listen carefully, a secret signal of direction. And he said, if I shoot the arrow from the palace out into the field, you hide in the bushes. And you just stay discreetly over to the side somewhere in the wooded area. And when I shoot, like I'm target practicing, if I shoot the arrow and I hit the target, Nobody will know this but me and you, David. It means it's safe for you to come back to the palace. Saul is not angry at you and he's not going to harm you. But if I shoot the arrow beyond the target, just beyond what I was shooting for, and I cry out to the lad that's going to go chase my arrows, and he says back, the arrow is beyond thee. He said, that is the secret signal of direction that you are to go and not come. I today want to take this simple little story 
And that simple little line, and I want to teach you a Bible principle that helped me in doing what God has called me to do, and I believe it will help you fulfill the plan God has for your life. It will always include the principle I'm going to give you today, and I'll give it to you as simply as I can. Today, I want to, I want to kill the thought that I want, I want to see a healing of the analysis of paralysis, of thinking everything through and then thinking that, that that's the right time to do everything. I today want to give a deliverance from the dungeon of indecisiveness. I today want to bring an assault on frustration, fear, and intimidation. I want people to leave here today from this little gathering with secret signals from the Holy Spirit about your direction. And just like that arrow was a destiny determiner for David. David would either come back or he would go somewhere else. And he was saying, God, I need to hear a direction from you. I believe God can give you a destiny signaler today that gives you the indicator of whether you should go or you should stay, whether you should run or you should be bold and finish. I believe that this story, when it came to me like the Lord gave it to me, the thing that stood out is the question, is not the arrow beyond thee? Somewhere out of sight? Somewhere too far? Somewhere it's just not, it, it, it's, it's out, it is beyond thee, you can't quite reach it. Today what I'm saying to you is the principle that I'm giving you is that line. And I hope it rings in King James Version in your ears. And it's this. The arrow is beyond thee. What do you mean? In every instance in ministry and in life, God wants you to understand that when He really gives you a dream for your life, it is beyond you. It is beyond what you think you're capable of. It is beyond what you think your talents can perform. It is beyond what your mind tells you you're gifted enough to do. If you can do it, it's probably not God's best. As a matter of fact, I can just tell you, it's not God's greatest dream for your life. God's dream for your life will always be beyond thee. By that I mean you can't do it by yourself. You can't do it without Him. It's a Bible principle. It's just like your bank account. You, you, you want all these things right now as a college student, but it is beyond thee. I know the feeling. I was there. I, I drove a broke down, rusted top all the way across the top. My dad bought it at the local car sale for $1,500. It had no rims on the wheels. It, had, it was a rambler. It was called a, a rambler ambassador. And it was, it was ugly. It was broke down. It was embarrassing. It had black smoke coming out of the back all the way down the highway. And when I stopped the brakes, the brakes squeaked so loud that everybody turned. I don't drive that anymore. 
But you know, when I was a little kid going to college in that car every day, driving to, to college, inside broke as, as, as the Ten Commandments. Come on. I mean, I was broke. I knew God had more for me in my life and something made me reach and I kept hearing a voice saying, it is beyond thee, but when I lead you, I'll bless you, I'll take care of you, I'll provide all that you need. It's a simple principle. We're constantly always trying to calculate and figure everything out and come up with it, but the arrow is beyond thee. Turn to your neighbor and say, it is beyond thee. You can act real spiritual right now. You'll never have enough. If you understand that, you won't be intimidated. If you understand that, you won't be in despair. When, when, when a big door opens for you and the responsibility is tremendous, if, if you think that you're just going to because you even graduate from Free Chapel College, that, that boy, you're just ready. No, no, God has designed this, that it is beyond thee. Every time I walk to a pulpit, I usually have a little note that looks something like this. And sometimes it's a crowd like this. Sometimes it's, I preached to hundreds of thousands of people in one setting, and all I had was something like this. And, and when I read it right now, I can go and, and read it and it's blah, 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 blah. But if the Lord puts it in my heart to preach that, then suddenly something kicks in. And even though it's not much and I could give you and you and you this and it wouldn't mean much. But when God calls you to do something, he takes whatever he gave you and he says, it is beyond you to do this. But here we go together. I'll take what you've got and I'll multiply it and use it. It's always beyond thee. You're not weird. You're not different. You're not a less gifted person. There's nothing wrong with you. It's by divine design that what you're going to attempt to do if you listen to God will be just a little bit out of your reach. It's the margin of the miraculous. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 7, Paul said, one plants and one waters, but listen to this, God gives the increase. If it grows, if it goes, if it succeeds, it's God. You water, you plant, you do all you can do, it, but it, when it's all said and done, it is beyond thee. And when you lean and depend on the Holy Spirit to take you from where you are to where you're supposed to be and where the dream and destiny is, then he will do it. It's not by might. It's not by power. It's by my spirit, saith the Lord. Learn, learn all that you can learn, but when it's said and done, it is beyond thee. You've got to have a move of God. Upon this rock, I will build my church. Settle it. You cannot build a church. You cannot build a career. You cannot build anything eternal and meaningful without God. I will do the building. You do your part, I'll do my part. The Bible said we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. 
It's like, I really want to be holy, Lord. I really want to be holy. But God has designed it. Just when you get, 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 start, start feeling yourself and getting to where, man, I've been reading the Bible at Bible college. I can quote this and that. I understand that book. I, I can set everybody straight. I know. And just when you think I'm doing this and I'm doing that, all have sinned. And falling short. You just come up a little bit short when you measure all that you can come up with and you try to be all that God wants you to be. It requires grace and the power of the Holy Spirit to make up the slack that you can never achieve. You're a little bit short. The Antichrist's greatest efforts will only come to six, six, Six. Six is the number of man. Seven is the number of perfection and the number of God. Six days but are man's, God said, in creation, but the seventh day is mine. And poor old Satan, poor old Antichrist, he gets to six and he can't get any higher. He gets to six again and he can't get any higher. He tries again and gets to six and can't get any higher. It is beyond thee, Satan. You'll never be God. You'll never be like God. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He kicked you out of heaven. And the only way you can get to seven is through God and his name is Jesus. And when you give him the power, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Give the Lord a praise if you believe. I want you to pretend that this is the destiny God has for you, this pulpit. And I want you to reach for it right there in your seat. Class participation. I want you Now I want you to really stretch without your... Your, your bottom coming off of the seat, I want you to really stretch for it. This is your last chance. And if you get this, I'll add a bonus. On top of all the things that you're going to do for God, <laughs> on, I said I had one stipulation. <laughs> on top of that, you, you do not have to keep driving the car you are in presently. You will get a much better one. Now touch it. Come on, give it your best effort. I promise this. You know what the problem is? There's a, here's the destiny and here's the reach and you're doing the best you can and the area in between is something you can't do. It is beyond thee. But here comes the bridge called the Holy Spirit. And he says, I have all that you need. I won't leave you out there on your own. It's not up to you just to make things happen. But what you're doing is you're reaching in this, in this college. You're reaching for God's promise and God's destiny and God's call and God's dream for your life. And God says, number one, you're reaching because it exists and it is real. It is there. I'm not teasing you. I'm not playing with you. I'm not dangling something before you that I cannot make happen in your life. And I'm standing in a building that was nothing but a dream. I go preach in another building that was nothing but a dream. I was a kid just like you, but something in me said, reach. Don't live behind. Forget the things that are behind and reach for what is ahead. And when I started reaching and the dream started getting, I started getting destiny determiners where God said, go to Gainesville and go to Free Chapel and preach the gospel. And to be honest, it was always beyond me. 
when I pulled up in that little building on Brownsbridge Road that you ride by all the time and you don't even think about, but that was a place of destiny for my life in Cherise. And we pulled up in our car in that parking slot that said, Pastor, we were running late because Cherise always runs late. And here I am. I've never pastored a church in my life. I've never dedicated a baby, had a funeral. I had no staff. I had a part-time secretary that worked two or three hours a day, and that was it. We had all volunteers. Everybody that did everything were wonderful volunteers. I'd never built a church. I knew nothing about any of it. All I knew was God said, go. I had about 20 sermons that I had. <laughs> I had preached them so many times that I'd memorized them and people thought I was brilliant. I had memorized every word and I'd stuffed other things in me from other sermons and, and I would just mix match them. And boy, they would, they would blow the house up for about two weeks. I remember when I got to the end of all those sermons, boy, we were having revival. The church was growing. And I thought, how am I going to preach at that time three new sermons a week? Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. And go on to do it for over 20 years. Brand new, fresh messages. On top of that, you have to do counseling. And on top of that, you don't have a staff. So you do this and you do that and you do this. And Sharice did nursery and we do this and we do that. And we started youth ministry and this ministry and that ministry. How? God, I know there's a great church. I feel it. I sense it's something I, I can't. I, I, why? why? I, it is beyond me, but it wasn't beyond God. And whatever he's telling you, it's, it's beyond you, but it is not beyond your God. And he chose you. Hallelujah. God started bringing people. He started giving other people destiny determiners. I remember our first, uh, as the church began to grow, and then we came in this building, and I mean... This was 16, this is 16 acres, this property, including the parking lot and everything down on the road and all of that. 16 acres. And honestly, it was nothing but a mountain, and we had to knock the mountain down, blow it up with dynamite and everything else to, to get it uh, where it needed to be because we couldn't afford a flat piece. Come on, say amen, somebody. It was 365,000, I think 365 or 385 for these 16 acres. And honest to God, back then, $385,000, I thought to myself, God will have to sell the pearly gates. He will have to hawk. He'll have to hawk some of the streets of gold. My Lord, we, we cannot afford three. It stressed me. It was beyond me. Now, this sounds fun, but it was beyond me. I thought, Lord, how mercy how will we ever even get the land paid for? And then God started filling this place up. I remember when it was when we first came in, it was 
the first service was full, but then the next Sunday it was just the bottom floor and a few people on the wings and a whole empty balcony. And the devil whispered, it is beyond thee. He didn't, but I'm just saying that for this sermon. But he said it in so many words. You understand what I'm saying? He'll tell you, it is beyond thee. Give up. You made a fool out of yourself. You're never going to fill this place up. No, I'm not, but God is. And little by little, section by section, I remember when the ushers would move the strings. (laughs) And I'll never forget the Sunday when I walked in. We used to set up in the preacher chairs up here. All the preachers, all the staff had to sit up on the staff and look spiritual. And, and, and if they didn't say, say amen, I could see them then. You know, I, I like watching them. They weren't, they weren't playing with their phone then. I, I, I could see them. Come on. And, and, and I remember I looked up, and the last section to be filled was that section right there. And David Clark was the balcony main usher. <laughs> And I watched him take that string off. And I watched every one of those rows fill up. And the Lord said, you'll never be able to build a building big enough if you keep Jesus in the house. I'll never forget him telling me that. Clap your hands and praise the Lord. The Holy Spirit has got to be the bridge between your dream and God. I, I, I just want to say to you today, I thought about, um, I thought about another one. I, I just jotted some of these down this morning. Just want to build your faith. But we needed a, a, we started growing and we got in this building and it just, it just began to explode at that point. And that's when we went on TV. <laughs> that, that's another whole story. I won't bother you by telling you that whole story. But, The bottom line is there was a little cable station. And the Lord told me to get on TV and a preacher came through and and God told him to take an offering for the ministry to start TV. And he took up a cash offering of over... That that night, the offering was over $150,000 in cash. And then the rest came in. And we went out and bought three cameras and a little switcher thing and we were on, we said we're going on TV, and we didn't we didn't have no no technicians, no, no nobody. We didn't know what we were doing and didn't have the money to buy the staff to do it. But we went on a channel in Athens, a secular channel in Athens, Georgia. And I and the Lord said, Do it daily. I said, That's beyond me. I said, I can't do it weekly. How about bi-monthly? That's what the budget says, bi-monthly. And the Lord said, do it daily, and not just daily, prime time, p.m. Now, I look back on this. I did not have, see, now I look at uh, all kinds, our team looks at all kinds of things when we, if we're going to go into an area. And y'all, 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 you just think ministry happens. Ministry takes... Ministry takes a lot of work. Are you sure you want to be in ministry? But I mean, we just, God just said, do it. And we, we, we went and worked out a deal. And they, and they said, when you want to start? I said, about two weeks. <laughs> so uh, David Clark, that same guy, he, he, he got hammers and stuff and started building a set, a TV set. Because we had to go live. I didn't, have an, I didn't have enough sermons to, 
taped. So we would come in this room on this stage, put the set up, and sit up here and tape the show every day for years. And they would get in the car and drive it to Athens every day to get it on at 7 p.m. on the Athens channel that covered all of this region. And then one thing led to another and another one picked up and another station picked it up and another station picked it up. And then Must Carry came on. It's a law that made the thing go on all over Atlanta. Then all of a sudden people started driving in from everywhere. It was beyond me, but it was not beyond God. In the middle, I got to tell you one more funny story. In the middle of all of that, we needed a chief financial officer in the ministry. Because the ministry began to grow and it's just, it, you got to get help and you got to know what you're doing and you got to get audits and all that kind of stuff. So we just began to pray and God, it is beyond us. It's beyond my skill to do this. And we had some help and hiring workers to do things and handle the business side, but it was just beyond me. And we, we didn't have the financial structure and there was a man in Cleveland, Tennessee, who was working for a Grammy Award winning, and at that time, he was a big-time musician, three-time Grammy winner. His name was Phil Driscoll, and he plays the trumpet. And he was an amazing, amazing guy, and he was, he was at every big conference, and he was tens of thousands of people and millions of records sold and stuff, and he was a big, big, big deal. And this guy was working as the chief financial officer for his ministry. And he started getting, this is how old this is, he started getting cassette tapes of our services somehow. And they got in his spirit and he and his wife said, we need to get our family and move to Gainesville and go to that church. And she said, let's put out a fleece because they were doing very well. And they said, let's put out a fleece. And if God wants us to do this, he'll confirm it. And so the Lord confirmed it in several ways. And he said, I'll never forget, we packed up. His name's Tim Kernan. He still comes to the church, but he's retired now. But he packed up his whole family like the Beverly Hillbillies, packed up everything. And they said, we, he did not have a job. I did not know who he was. He did not know we were looking for somebody. We did not know any of these things. The Lord just said for him, resign from Phil and get in your car, your U-Haul, and go to Free Chapel, and I'll lead you from there. Now listen to this story. He said, God, as my witness, the day that we got the truck loaded... And we were stopped at a stop sign out leaving the city of Cleveland, Tennessee. And it just so happened that one of the vans that we had back then, we had Free Chapel Worship Center on it, and it, our subname was called Church on Fire. <laughs> and we had a big flame of fire on the bus. Come on now. Now, I want you to picture this. So here's Tim Kernan. Here's his little wife, and here's his two little children. And they're in a U-Haul with everything they own. 
And they're saying, Lord, we hope we haven't lost our minds. We pray that we, God, this is scary. I've resigned my job. I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do. And he gets up to the stop sign. And, and she looks over at him and says, you know, I just feel, Tim, God's, going, God's, God's in this. And, she, and they said, in Cleveland, Tennessee, out of all the possibilities this happened, what had happened is something was going on with our TV ministry, and we had to go up to Cleveland to get something. And one of our workers had gone up to Cleveland on a Saturday just at that particular time was going across the intersection where they're sitting in the van saying, we sure hope that God is leading us. And all of the sudden, coming right in front of them, Free Chapel Worship Center, Church on Fire. Do you believe God can do that? It may be beyond you. He came, he worked, he retired, he's still blessed. God has a plan and all you gotta do is say, God, it's beyond me, but it's not beyond you. Clap your hands and praise him. He will do his part when you do your part. Hallelujah. I close with this. Acts chapter 12 God said, Peter, I'm going to get you out of this prison. God said, and Simon Peter said, it's beyond me. What about the soldiers? What about the chains? What about the gates? And the Bible said an angel showed up and the soldiers fell down. The chains fell off. The doors opened up. And then God said to him something so strange through the angel. He said, put your Nikes on. Put your your sandals on. Put your shoes on. Well, why would he tell him that? Why wouldn't the Holy Spirit put them on? Why wouldn't, I, why wouldn't that angel float them in midair and, and let them slide on his feet? All this supernatural stuff, if the chains fell off all supernaturally and all these other things. No, what God was saying was when he said, put your sandals on, he was saying, you do what you can do. And I'll deal with the chains and I'll deal with the soldiers and I'll deal with the, with, the, with the shut gates. I'll deal with all of that when you do what you can do. I thought about Pastor Tracy, I, 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 Pastor Tracy Page, our, our executive pastor. You know, let, let me tell you something about him. <laughs> Talk about it is beyond thee. He was a construction worker. That's a great thing. That's a powerful thing. That's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a wonderful career. He worked for his father in his plumbing company. But just like you, at about your age, a little bit older, he got saved here, got filled with the Holy Spirit, barely 20 years old, started volunteering in ministry, getting involved, knowing that God had a call on his life. And he came to me one Sunday when we had lost, I'm trying to remember the guy's name, but he was a cowboy. And uh, Uncle Willie or somebody like that. He, but, 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 but he was our children's pastor and he had done a fantastic job. Anybody remember his name? None of y'all were alive, were you? But, but Pastor Tracy was sitting out there and he had been volunteering for about a year and a half and children's ministry. 
he'd get burdened and fast and pray and volunteer and volunteer. And I'll never forget it. His mother was my secretary at that time. And she said, Pastor, my son Tracy, I've never asked you for one thing in about 15 or 16 years of serving you faithfully. But I'm asking you for one thing. My son wants 15 minutes of your time. Will you see him? I said, absolutely, Susan. I love that. And, and he came. And that day, he broke. He wept. He said, Pastor, this is crazy. You're going to think I'm crazy. But he said, I have a dream and a vision for the children's ministry of Free Chapel that I cannot shake. And I know you need a children's pastor. And I'm almost ashamed and embarrassed to even ask it. But if you'll just give me three months or so and let me do what I feel God wants me to do, then make a decision down the road whether I've heard from God. And I'm telling you, I hesitantly, honestly, it was scary. I prayed about it. I talked with Sharice about it. There was something, listen to me carefully, about his spirit. The Bible said of Stephen, they could not resist the spirit by which he spoke. And there was something about his spirit that messed me And I prayed about it, and I heard from God, and I went back and I said, you're the new children's pastor. And the thing began to grow and grow and grow. I never saw him as an executive pastor. I never saw him running the ministry. I never saw him doing what he's doing today. God did. And how you see you is not how God sees you. It is beyond thee. It is beyond your inferiority. It is beyond your low self-esteem. It is beyond your bad negativism about who you are and what you can't do all the time. What he sees is beyond you. Hallelujah. I'm talking to some people in this room who will never be ordinary. You will never be normal. You will always be chosen. You will always be called. You will always be set apart. You will always be special to God. And it will always be beyond you. But God says, I, I like it because I am the vine and you are the branches. Without me, you can't reach it. But with me, I'll give you fruit. If you read that chapter, John 15, he says fruit, more fruit. Second time you read it, more fruit. The third time you read it, and uh, fruit, more fruit, much fruit. That's where God's taking you. I preached a sermon one time called The Land of Much Fruit. He's taking you to the land of much. Believe him for it. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to follow us to listen to new episodes, rewinds, and highlights of the Free Chapel Podcast.